podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi there, and thanks once again for tuning in to another show from the Glasgow Evening Podcast, aka GigPod. I'm Stevie, and I am sorry to say that Rizzo is no longer with us for this episode as he's busy with other duties. So I've asked GigPod's number one fan and biggest social media clout chaser there is to appear with me for episode 27. But unfortunately, Janie Godley was unavailable, so I've had to settle for Spunkphone. Spunkphone, thanks for filling in here for the uncharismatic but legendary Rizzo. Oh, it's a pleasure to be back on, Stevie. Um, obviously, you, you, you spoke to me earlier on, asked me to come on and, and sort of fill in for Rizzo last minute, and knowing me, you know, you, you know, I can never say no to GigPod, so, no, pleasure to be back on. I think when I was talking to you as well, it was funny, because you just had your jammies on and you said to me you, you didn't want to get changed in case I didn't want you or anything, but I thought... <laughs> You know what? As long as I'm here, you're here. You're the reason I'm here. <laughs> I had to. I had to. I had to, brother. It's, it's brilliant. I hope you put in the twenty second round of applause there as well. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm going to have to move on quickly, or I will just keep this gimmick up with you for the next half hour because we are capable of that. So, listen. Before we get on to talking about Celtic's mighty two-one-one over Marvel. You caused poor Duco James to revisit his childhood trauma with your bud Dwyer partner. When we were recording that, it was myself, Sean and James, and he just hit me with it out of nowhere. And I thought for a minute, his spunk phone put him up to this. Is this a work? And then all of a sudden, it was apparent that James was reliving a real nightmare of his past. And you must have been listening to that. Partly horrified, but also partly just loving it. I was that was an absolute bit at that, to be fair. Um, part of me did think... But when I first heard it, it was maybe working a work, but it's what a coincidence, yeah. Um, I actually posted the the full video earlier um, over on Twitter. Oh, good. Somehow it's somehow it's still up, but um, I'm I'm sure Jaco James enjoyed that. <laughs> cool, that won't cause any problems then. <laughs> Fuck's sake! Right, moving on. Right, Celtic at the weekend. We beat Motherwell two one. Scott Brown came back in the team. Tom Rogic came in the team. There was a lot of people up in arms about it. Greeting on social media that I noticed for the 20 seconds or so that I was on before I realised I don't think Motherwell are going to cause us too many problems. Unfortunately though, the longer term problem with that team was we're not going to learn anything new. Because guys like Scott Brown and Tom Rogic on a Celtic team, you already know they should be good enough to be a team like Motherwell. But I would have enjoyed seeing you know Michael Johnston playing for the start. I would have really enjoyed seeing the boy Henderson playing. Soros should have been in for the start as well. These are the games we have to start preparing for the future on already I said against Kilmarnock it's all about the future now guys like Scott Brown should be getting used very very sparingly but I think his goal and his performance against Kilmarnock I said to Rizzo that you're going to see Scott Brown in that team far more frequently probably more than Sorrow and do you disagree with me or agree with me on that one do you reckon this is just a wee few games for Scott Brown to get eased back in before Sorrow comes in, before this tough run we've got, starting from Wednesday. You never know with Lennon, that's the thing. Um, I mean, to be fair to Brown, he, he came in on, um, it was Tuesday, he played Kilmarnock, wasn't it? And I wasn't too sure why he'd, he'd drop Sorrow for him, but he'd, he'd played well enough that I thought, you're going to struggle with drop him at the weekend, obviously. But, um, you know, with, with Brown um, at, at the weekend on, on Saturday against Motherwell, he, he just looked completely off the pace. I mean, I don't know 
what he gives us at this point that Sorrow doesn't defensively and and obviously looking to get the ball forward. I think he just slows the the game down. Um, at, at, at this point, you'd be much better having Sorrow in the side. Taking away sort of positives from 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 that game, um, Stephen Welsh was was really good. Thought he was was um, a well deserved man of the match, and, and Edward as well seems to be getting back to his best. But other than that, it was a really disjointed, poor performance, wasn't it? For sixty minutes, I thought certainly the first half. I thought the tempo and the intensity was excellent. Where was all that earlier in the season? And okay, you've taken Christie out right, and you've put Kenny in there at right back, and there's already more of a balance. Can you imagine like sort of James Forrest ahead of Kenny as well? That would be a, such a dynamic and frightening right side we've got. It's just annoying because are they performing or are were they performing that well because the pressure's off? And that's the bit of me that just gets me because when we really needed that Celtic team to be blowing teams away and to be aggressively pressing and to be really, really commanding on the ball, chasing everything down and just being clinical, we didn't see anywhere near enough of it in the first half of the season. And it is just frustrating, so it is. Just seeing that Celtic team, the way they played for the first hour, thinking, yeah, this is more like it. But of course, they, they reverted back to tight because when that goal went in for Motherwell, mentally they just fell apart. It was shocking. Had it not been for a bit of luck at the end, for the clearance as well, could have easily been two each. In fact, it could have been two each before it. So I think that Devante Cole missed a great chance. And Motherwell were shocking. They're a bad, bad football team. They wouldn't have deserved anything. And yet, we were hanging on at times against them, which was a really bad sign. Yeah, no, they, they, they're, they're a very, very poor side. I think, um, you're right enough, I think it was maybe being a wee bit harsh and saying that the, the performance over, overall was, was poor. Certainly that last half hour or so was, was, was abysmal. Motherwell, with the chances they had last 10, 15 minutes, I thought, well, we're very unlucky not to get something from that game. And then a kind of similar situation, similar plays on the table as well to, to Kilmarnock, who we obviously played well against during, during, during midweek, but it's it's all too little too late, isn't it, at this point? Um, it's glorified. Glorified friendlies we're going to be playing from, from now until May. I, I don't get very much out of, out of watching this Celtic team at the minute, I must admit, even when they've upped the tempo and, and they do look a wee bit better and, and a bit more a threat, it's... Um, Oh, it's it's just it's a it's a tough watch still. I think your thoughts initially on the boy Kenny because even if he impresses and even if he's good for us, you know that long term he's going to go back down to Everton or he'll end up at a Championship team in England. That that's what happens with these guys. And and as good as he's going to be, and as much as he's actually been competent so far, I'm of the mindset that I'm not letting myself get this big loving with him because you already know what's going to happen. You know where he's going to end up. And in the end, as I said on here we loan players, we're developing these players for the other teams and we're giving these guys match fitness. We're putting them in the window, essentially, for other teams if they're looking to buy them off their parent club. And you already know that he's not going to have a future at Celtic next season, no matter what he spouts to the media and what he says on Celtic's channels when he's interviewed by Jerry McCulloch. I really enjoyed him on, on Coventry on Saturday, actually, I must admit. Um, it was, uh, was, was really great to, to hear him for, for not just, you know, the pre-match chat and the half-time chat, but, but for the full 90 minutes of the game as well. Um, great presenter. Very lucky to have him here. Just with reference to Kenny as well, I, I think you're right in saying um, he has looked reasonably competent so far and, and I've, I've liked what I've seen, but again, you're right in saying there's, there's no point in getting attached. There's no point in 
you know, this this big love in or anything like that. He's not going to be here next season. His his long term future's certainly not not at Celtic. Really, it's just a, a stopgap signing, isn't it? As 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 good as I think he's he's looked so far, it's it's certainly not the the long term solution. I don't think it right back. No, but he is stopping. Anthony, Tony, Ralston get a game for us and we should all be thankful for that spunk phone. Oh, absolutely. I, I thought he was away doing his apprenticeship anyway, Ralston. <laughs> well, <laughs> you're saying, oh, we're both actually saying that Kenny's likely not to be here next season, but the future of a man who may or may not be here next season is still up in the air. Neil Lennon has been talking, right? Certainly his quotes where he was speaking, a lot of people seem to be reading into it that he's going to be here next season and he has came out and he's basically said he's happy with the way he's dealt with things this season and his conscience is clear about how he's went about his work. He says in a perverse kind of way he quite enjoys it. Okay, normal behaviour but moving on. He says he doesn't take anything personally. <laughs> I guess it's a lie. He has evidence to back up what he's achieved in the game here and he hasn't been able to do that this season but he's not running out or giving up on his players. He thinks he's got a fine squad and it's just not been ever dear. Hopefully, that can change over the next couple of seasons. Now, it's the bit at the end where he's talking like that, where he says hopefully that can change over the next couple of seasons. Now, Rizzo already thought that there's a very good chance that Lennon would be the manager next season, but then Rizzo also thought that it was going to be a statue getting built, so <laughs> let's just rein that in a wee bit. But he did say it, he would not be shocked if if um fucking Rizzo's manager, he did say he would not be shocked <laughs> if Lennon was still the manager next season. And at the time, I said Bosch Flimshaw, but the more I think about it, he's got a point because he's used Liverpool time and time again, and he's compared for some reason he's compared Celtic to Liverpool in terms of reigning champions that have had a nightmare. But yeah, remembering Liverpool army up against the likes of Hibs and Aberdeen. And with the greatest of respect, of course, like St Mirren and all that to play. And the other teams that we have dropped points against this year. Liverpool have, you know, dropped points against teams like Man United, who are still in Europe. Man City, who are hardly assembled on a budget. I think Neil Lennon genuinely is using that as justification. And I think he's using them. It's this weird sort of bargaining tool with the board. He's bringing COVID into it time and time again. But I have this mental feeling that with the incoming CEO and the fact that we have got a very short turnaround in the summer when it comes to playing these Champions League qualifiers, we've got a lot of players leaving. I've just got this crazy feeling that the CEO is going to go, hmm, we've already got a lot of the squad missing. We've got the qualifiers in a couple of weeks. I think we should just maybe go with Neil to get us through these qualifiers. He knows the club, the famous catchphrase incoming, he knows the city. <laughs> It could be that if he guides us through these qualifiers, he might get a shot next season. Again, I could be completely wrong on that one because I understand there's been season tickets to be sold, right? But when has that ever stopped Celtic fans before in the past? A lot of Celtic fans, right, online and and all that, will go, oh, no no chance I'm renewing, get to fuck. Never, never, never. But the reality is, the online Celtic fan base does not represent the wide-scale fan base um, that we know the Celtic support to be the IRL one if you will so if it comes to Neil Lennon his manager still in May and he's not left by them I genuinely think that next season we could be going into the campaign with him as manager this is the thing because the last time I, I was on here um, we done the preview to I think it was AC Milan away game wasn't it and at that point I had in my mind I was dead cert I said like Neil Lennon will not be here he'll not see you out the season I cannot 
envisage how he's, he's going to come out of that run that, that we went on the other side and, and be the manager here next summer. Reading those comments this morning, I'm going to be honest with you, my, my heart sank. It, it really ruined my morning. And I get he's you know, delusional, for, for lack of a better term, and, and he does say a, a lot of things, but it, it was that comment at the end when he's talking about the next couple of seasons, and then I think he said at the end of that, the next three, four, five. I mean, that's, it, it is concerning. And, and I think um, you might be onto something there with that with that shoot prediction. With the, the turnover of players, outgoing CEO and and, um, and and Dominic Mackay coming in as well, they might look at him as, as potentially the safe pair of hands again. That, that that's what I'm starting to, to worry. The only potential thing I'm I'm thinking there is, despite your point obviously about the the IRL Celtic fan base, I don't know with with the season ticket renewals and the uncertainty as as well at, at the moment as to when fans will, will be back in stadiums, even even at the start of next season. I I don't think they can afford to gamble on keeping Neil Lennon on and thinking there'll be 50, 60,000 season ticket holders waiting at the other side of it, because I, I don't think there will be after the, the, the monumental failure that was this season. They couldn't afford the gamble of having them here for the 10 in a row season. They couldn't afford the gamble of carrying on after not getting a shot in target against Rangers. They couldn't afford the gamble after the European disaster and the total humiliations of Sparta Prague. So as much as the Celtic board and the club in general are not into doing risky things, I think when it comes to Neil Lennon and getting short of him and keeping a lot of the fans on side, they are. They've been very risky with that and I just don't see this having a straightforward conclusion now. The easiest thing to do would have been coming out with a statement and just saying, yeah, it's not went to plan this year. We apologise and we hold our hands up for how this has turned out. Neil Lennon has obviously been a great servant to the club. Louis is one as a player. Louis is one as a manager, yes. But the time is to move on. Look at how Chelsea handled the Frank Lampard thing, you know? Totally impeccable. And look at them now. They're already building for next season and they're doing very well under their new manager too. Celtic should be using this opportunity to say bye to Neil Lennon in a dignified manner and bringing in someone for the next few months to build on next season for these qualifiers. And the fact that Rangers are going to likely have one foot in front of us. I've said it time and time again on here. I think the clubs still just take it for granted that the fans, no matter what, no matter what the bubble of social media says, that the fans are still going to go, yeah, fair enough. We can't say not to Celtic. We love them too much. That's just my gut instinct on it. But let me ask you this one. If Neil Lennon is still the manager next season, Will you do a Bud Dwyer and finish Ducal James for good? <laughs> if, if Neil Lennon is still here next May or June, when, whenever it might be, um, I can confidently say right now that I will be doing um, a Bud Dwyer on the Celtic Way, outside the Superstore, on the launch day for the new home strip, as Dominic Mackay watches on from his office inside Parkhead in horror. That is my direct message right now at the Celtic board. So I just need to move on now, right? So as we kind of keep talking about your impending demise, spunk phone. So you wanted to also talk today about our rivals drawn one each away to Hamilton. Please, the floor is yours to shoot here. What really worked me into a shoot was the, the social media reaction to Alan McGregor being absolutely raging at conceding a 94th minute equaliser 
Now, Alan McGregor, it's well documented that the guy has serious anger issues, right? I'm not going to argue with that. I'm, I'm, I'm totally on board with the, the idea that he needs some form of counselling. But it was the, the, the folk I was seeing on social media laughing about it, laughing at Alan McGregor being raging at Rangers dropping points, this, that, and the next thing. I mean, Jesus Christ, is, is that how far we've fallen? Because that's the thing I used to see, like, we would rightfully rip Rangers fans for. And and now I'm seeing it for Celtic fans, and I don't know, it just really what me an issue. What's, what's your thoughts on it, Stevie? I think if we had a player after conceding in the last minute, or even drawn a game that we should win, I would actually be all for it. I'd like to see more of players this season getting angry, because we've been so passive. And I don't want to use a cliche with the whole passion wins your games. It doesn't. Technical ability and skill and creativity and good management wins your games. But it doesn't hurt. You know what I mean? So it would have been nice at some point during this season to see our players, instead of being so passive and calm about appalling results, losing up once in a while and actually show to the fans who are having to watch for home, hating this situation, a constant streams to games, listening to Jerry McCulloch talk crap. <laughs> it's the fact that we are like still 21 points behind. Like, see if it was, that's the sort of game, right? What annoys me even more is see when Hamilton scored that goal. That's the sort of time when if you're neck and neck in a title race or sort of a few points in it, you celebrate that goal as if Celtic themselves had scored against Rangers in the 90th minute. Like you are jumping, you're like head on the ball and all that when the ball comes in and then you're like rattling the rebound, watching it in the living room. You know what I mean? You've been there before and it's so, so amazing when there's another team that takes points off them in a game that really matters and you're going for the title and it's there's not a lot in it. You know what I mean? That's what it's all about. It's just such a feeling of frustration in games like that today because we've not put that Rangers team under any pressure to see if they could actually handle it or not. And they play Kilmarnock next weekend who will probably have a new manager and Tommy Wright. I'd be stunned if they didn't beat them at Ibrox. You never know. But even then, if they even draw on that one, it's like they still only get like four games or something to win the league and they're going to achieve it. So any laughing at them is pretty much futile because you're not going to hear the end of it after they eventually do clinch it certainly no and I'm, I'm looking forward to that big uh, big party in George Square in May by the way I'm, I'm sure that'll that'll end well just with reference to to, to putting this Rangers team under pressure as well I mean obviously with, with um, the previous two years and the sort of collapses after the, the winter break there's obviously the question mark there of, of whether this Rangers team would have handled the pressure or no but it's all if buts and, and, and maybes at this point, really, isn't it? I don't really want to get into hypotheticals about, you know, if we'd won this game or if we'd sat Len in there and if we'd done this or that. It's, it is done. It's done. Like you say, they're going to achieve it four or five games, whenever it might be for now. It's it's over and it has been for a long while. And, yeah, no, no, my, my, my shoot there was just, I don't really see the point in laughing at the minute, at the minute, because um, we're not going to hear the, the end of this um, when they do clinch 55 so no I, I, don't, I don't know if, if, if that's how people get their kicks and fair enough but um, not for me Do you know how I said earlier that I think Lennon's really going to go for a strong finish with the players that we've got now so that we can cement second place for a start but also have Rangers sort of looking over their shoulder for next season I have this horrible feeling that we're going to it's not a horrible feeling to obviously beat Rangers at Ibrooks, right that's great but I reckon our social media team are going to be nightmares about it because do you remember that game in 2019 when they beat us 2-0 Scott Arfield scored I think and it was a bit of a skush for them we'd already won the league and I think they put on a tweet after it something about 
can't wait for next season. Do you know the one I'm talking about here? I, I, I know exactly the tweet you're talking about. Um, it was something excited for next season already. It was actually, it was just after we won the treble and announced that, that Lennon was, had been offered the job. And it was that um, that giffa Scott Arfield in the East League and the big daft salute after they beat his 2-0 at Ibrox. I, I know exactly the one you're talking about. I've just got this feeling that our social media team are going to go overboard when we do beat Rangers next. Give it a big lick, see our oh, Glasgow's hours again after we've lost the league. Give it, oh, I, this is fucking listen to me, Glasgow's Green Podcast, Christ. But they're going to just <laughs> give it the, the big, the egos are going to be swelling and it'll be can't wait for next season's party, stuff like that. And it's just going to be so brutal because the players that achieved that, if we do indeed beat them, as I said, they're going to be away. We're going to end up just getting laughed at for it again. You said you don't want to do hypothetical, I get that. It's just got this horrible sort of vision about it. I dearly hope I'm wrong, but we can move on to our predictions ahead of the St Mirren game. We're playing them on Wednesday. It's one of our games in hand, and we could get the points difference from 21 down to a measly 18. How do you see that one going? I, I, I don't know how to predict Celtic this season, to be honest. I've... Um... I just I, I don't even want to don't even want to try anymore. Um, one thing I will say is, is St Mirren are obviously on a, a bit of a decent run at the moment. Beat is obviously at Parkhead a few weeks ago, so you'd hope there's at least some sort of a, a reaction for that. In terms of prediction as to how the game will go, I'm, I'm not too sure. But in terms of lineup, I'd, I'd like to see Sorrow back in. Um, whether Christie's fit or no, then, then hopefully he'd come back in for Rogic as much as he's. Incredibly frustrating to, to watch, and I do have my fair share of, of digs at him on Twitter. I just think we'd be looked much better with, with, with the likes of Sorrow and Christie in the lineup than Brown and Rogic, um, particularly on on Saturday. Um, so so that's that's the only thing I'd really like to see for, for Celtic in midweek against St Mirren. But in terms of how the game will go, who knows? We could be good for 50, 60 minutes again, and, and then just fall off the last half hour and completely capitulate. You you never know. Right, well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to do a shoot prediction here and I think Celtic will edge it 2-1. After I review that game with Rizzo, we are playing on Sunday at McDermott Park and I don't think I'm going to have a happy shoot prediction for that one, but that, again, will be down near the time. So, are you definitely not going to give me a score at all? Honestly, it's, it's too tough to predict. I think if I, if I was to go for something right now, I'd say... I think we'll maybe drop points, but I don't know if they'll beat us again. I'll, I'll go with no. I'll, I'll give you a shoot prediction. I'll go with one-one. It's just the fact that that's that's how far we have fell, as you said earlier, because it's not even a a, a bold shout anymore. It's just well, it's, it's a very good chance that it happens, but we shall see. I'm going to stick with two-one Celtic. I think we'll edge it for that one. I reckon Eddie will get back in the score sheet. There's gig pod chats to Harold Bratback, which is already out on iTunes, Spotify, everywhere you get your podcasts. Put it out last night, didn't do any promos. Check today and hundreds of you, sorry, uh, millions of you are downloading it. So that is class. <laughs> did you hear my wee gaff at the start of that one? I, I did not, no. The bit when I said to Harold, oh, I read that you're back flying after the pandemic. Oh, hi. <laughs> <laughs> and then he went, oh no, I got laid off again. And I went, oh, right, anyway, I've just been stabbed. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that was a nightmare. I, I think at that point, I just went, hey, listen, I'm going to hang up on it. But no, I managed to just compose myself. Oh, you managed to sit uh, you, you pulled it back, to be fair. 
But yes, this has been episode 27 of GigPod. Spunkphone, you're a man and it needs social media clout, as I said in the opening. So let our listeners know where they can find you. You can list all your accounts if you want. We've got Spunkphone, which is the, the, the main account over on Twitter. And um, you can also find me at Spunk Telefono as well. I'm desperate for clout. Please, please follow me. Please. And you mean that there, that's why you got as many pleases in there as possible. You are desperate for that. <laughs> but listen, I was desperate to have you on today and I'm glad you've come on. You have very much filled Rizzo's big clown shoes and you've done it professionally as possible. I'm very surprised there's not been a lot of Brendan Rogers part. Maybe you might want to save that for another time. You can hit me with it when I least expect it. Thanks a lot for coming on, brother. Much appreciated. Pleasure as always, Stevie. And this indeed has been BigPod episode 27. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Android, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, anywhere at all. I think we're on about 20 different places now, which is class. And if you can rate us or review us wherever you can, it would be a big help too. Thanks a lot for listening. Podcast Network.